The Black and White Network now proudly presents Moms Across America, a new program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. Get out of credit card debt quickly with our proven, safe, and effective debt relief solutions. You could reduce your monthly credit card, store card, and other unsecured debt payments by a significant amount. Call Cambridge Credit Counseling at 1-855-435-2068. Hi, and welcome to Moms Across America. I'm Kathleen Fitzgerald, co-host Vicki Tonkins. Samantha Goldberg is on location. And we have today a very special guest. We had her last week, Donna Smith, a.k.a. Maggie Rose. She ran for the Constitutional Party as a constitutional Republican. That's kind of what you know, is the the parameters uh, for the governor of Oregon. And we have some very uh, disturbing and enlightening details about section, um, the the part of the constitution, it's uh, article two, section 22. Now, let me just read that before we get Maggie on here. it says here, Article 2, Section 22 of the Constitution, um, it, it was put forth by the will of the people of Oregon and is the law for everyone seeking office in Oregon. Basically, it's about campaign contributions, and we're going to get more into that and the disturbing details about what is going on in Oregon right now. So welcome to the show, Donis, a.k.a. Maggie Rose. Uh, welcome to Moms Across America. And so when you brought this to us today, just today, we, we, we last week we started talking about child trafficking, and we'll get in a little bit more about that because that is a very serious, um, yes. you know, topic, right? Um, that's a big one. But right now we're going to focus on this Article 2, Section 22. So please tell Moms Across America what's going on in Oregon right now with the governorship. And in fact, Moms Across America, you could very well be talking right now to the new governor of Oregon, the legal governor of Oregon. Governor-elect, the what they call governor-elect, right? Yeah. I just would like to start off by saying for those of you across America, moms across America, your significant others, your family members, just because this is being brought to light of day here in Oregon does not mean that this is not something that could possibly be of concern of people in other states of the union, like Colorado, like Florida, like Arkansas, Texas, uh, you know, all across the states. Uh, you need to all not only know better your own U.S. Constitution, but you need to also understand and know your state constitution of whichever state that you're living in. And you might find that some of what's here in Oregon actually applies and is in one way or another written pretty much the same in your own constitution. If not, maybe you should ask for an amendment and go forward and ask for there to be an amendment to your constitution uh, that would read something similar to what's going on here in Oregon. Um, It has been discovered and has been known actually for some time, but covered up because let's be honest, uh, human nature as it is, uh, people are lazy sometimes. Uh, They either don't know how to take the time or what to do, where to look to do their own research 
or they've got us so busy parents working two and three jobs, single parents working just to keep it all together, that this is not something that one would even consider, oh, um, you know, I need to look into this. If you don't even know that there's fraud taking place, how are you going to know to look into it, right? So right. I want people across the nation to understand that there's different degrees of this going on all across the union in all of the states of the United States of America in one way or another. What was discovered here in Oregon has been basically covered up for a long time. This fraud has been going on for over 30 years. And a gentleman by the name of Desmond is the one who is basically, he's a self-made man. Um, he can, as far as when it comes to the Constitution of Oregon and the US Constitution, he can run circles around most of us. And he brought to light something that absolutely shocked me. And how I discovered this man was that two members of our party, uh, the Constitution Party of Oregon, had met this gentleman a few months ago. They actually met with him in person. And he had been originally thinking about running for office himself. But when he realized the fraud that has been perpetuated in Oregon, he decided not only could he not run for office at this time, but also he was not going to do a few other things that many of the people here in Oregon were doing because he realized the fraud being perpetuated. So I heard about him only a few weeks ago. I asked for his phone number. I made contact with him. And the next thing I knew, I got an education in the US Constitution and the Oregon Constitution, sort of like what you call baptismal by fire, okay? <laughs> and he's been giving me daily, weekly homework in how to read and study something called a partnership, something called an enterprise, which has to do with the people of Oregon, that the people of Oregon are actually in a partnership with the state of Oregon. And the people of Oregon have had that partnership violated by officials here in Oregon. So what he did is he brought a case in April before the state against Shamia Fagan, who is the Secretary of State of Oregon, and her attorney, Mark. And the judge in the case that was hearing it was actually appointed by Kate Brown, the liberal Democrat who is now the governor of Oregon up until January of next year. Kate knows that she is in her office illegally as well because she in running for governor when she, the first time she was appointed because the Oregon governor had been the governor for a period of time and then he had to leave because there's a period of time when you can only do like so many terms, right? And then he came back. When he came back, he did some illegal things and had to be removed. Well, Barack Obama stepped in being very good friends with Kate Brown, who was then the secretary of state. And, and uh, in the Oregon constitution right now, where in other states you have not only a governor, but a lieutenant governor. In the case of Oregon, we don't have a lieutenant governor. So if the governor dies in office or has to leave because of illegal activities, which in the case of our former governor, we call him Governor K, when he had to leave, then the secretary of state gets to step up into the governor's office. Oh, really? So in this case, Governor K, when he came back as governor for another term, we found he was doing some very illegal things that had to do with money and financing. So he was removed. And then Kate Brown as the secretary of state got to step into his position with the support of course, and the, and the arms around the shoulders by Barack Obama. 
Well, Kate Brown, then she ran for office when that term came up. Well, we found out that when she ran for office, she committed fraud as well under Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution. So if I could please read this part, people can then understand. And I would like to quote out of Exodus out of the Bible, 23, 8. And thou shalt take no gift, for the gift blindeth the wise and perverteth the words of the righteousness, Exodus 23, 8. And this is found on the internet. It says, and this is under www.preparingyou.com forward slash wiki forward slash article underscore two underscore section underscore 22. So that's in preparingyou.com. If we look at article two, section 22 of the Oregon Constitution, which covers political campaign contribution limitations, we can see plainly that a quote candidate may use or direct only contributions which originate from individuals who at the time of their donation were residents of the electoral district of the public office sought by the candidate. That means you as an individual can give a donation to the candidate as long as you're in the state of Oregon. You can't be outside the state of Oregon giving a donation to a candidate in the state of Oregon. You can't be a corporation outside the state of Oregon giving a donation to a uh, candidate in Oregon. And you also cannot be a corporation in the state of Oregon giving a donation to the candidate. You have to be an individual who is a resident of that district or in this case the state for governor of the public office sought by the candidate. In this case, we're talking about the governor's office. Quote, if we then go to Vote Smarts website, there's a website, you all know about it. It's called Votes Smarts, V-O-T-E Smarts, S-M-A-R-T website. They provide factual, unbiased information on candidates and politicians to all Americans. The election records show that Governor Kate Brown of Oregon received $20,297,000 $458.95 in donations and only $12,703,984.53 was from within the state. By law, she's only allowed to receive 10%, which would be $2,029,745.90. It is clear she accepted $7,000,000. She accepted $7,000,000. $593,429 from outside the state. That would mean that Kate Brown, current so-called governor, is in violation of Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution, which according to paragraph two of that section means that she must, quote, forfeit the office, unquote, of the governor and shall, quote, not hold another elected or subsequent elected public office for a period of equal to twice the tenure of the office. Also, according to paragraph four, she's guilty of a, quote, felony, unquote, and should be charged and arrested for a, quote, felony, unquote. So if Kate is not the lawful governor of Oregon because of her violation of Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution, then the Oregon State Patrol or state troopers or highway patrol should not be doing what she says. They should be and could be arresting her for trespass and impersonating the governor of Oregon instead of vacating the office she now holds hostage. And then it goes on to ask, what about the other legislatures that knew about this? They were violating 
uh, also, and also violating their oath of office because they should have instantly removed her as a threat to Oregon's economy. And there's a lot more that goes into this where people are acquiescing to this because they were making money on the side. So basically what this says is now if you go back, I as a governor candidate had to report to the Secretary of State because it was a state office. Um, Alex Skirlatos, who was running for Congress because Governor, I mean, I'm sorry, Democrat Peter DeFazio retired as the as Congress here in Oregon. He took his millions of dollars when he realized the fraud that's been going on with Biden in the Washington, D.C. He decided now is the time after 35 years to retire. OK, so Alex Skirlatos was running for the congressional position and so was Val Hoyle. She was running as a Democrat. We already know she took money from outside the state and she took big money from corporations here. So basically, uh, she would be in violation. Those two people and is running as candidates for Congress and anybody running for U.S. Senate like Joe Ray Perkins here in Oregon, they have to file before the Federal Commission Elections Department. Again, if you're running for U.S. Senate or you're running for Congress, you have to file with the Federal Commission Elections Department. In the case of myself and anybody running for a state office, we have to file with the Secretary of State, which mm -hmm. means Shamia Fagan, right? Shamia Fagan has been covering up for Kate Brown. And now she's covering up for Tina, who thinks she's going to be making herself, she's going to be the governor. What it is going on here is he has discovered under the same Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution that neither Tina Kotek nor Betsy Johnson, if she had won, nor Christine Drazen, who if she had won, all three of those are ineligible to be sitting in the governor's office in January of 2023. Okay. Because all three of them have violated this Constitution. Wow. Let's... Let's end right there for just a brief break. Moms across America, hold on. We'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsors. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host for Black and White, and I'm also an investment advisor with over 50 years of experience in investing. Inflation is at a near 50-year high and perhaps going higher. The capital markets for the first six months of 2022 was the worst performing in almost 50 years. Two generations and perhaps more have never experienced this level of inflation. You may have had some significant declines in your portfolio of investments in the first six months and are asking, what does the future hold? And by the way, what should I be doing now? I have grave concerns that we have not seen the peak in inflation. And because it may be around for some time, I want to introduce you to the Black and White Gold Ownership Program run by Ira and his team at Advisor Metals. So go to blacksandwhites.us and click on the gold bar to take you directly to Ira to work with him to see if gold is right for you and your portfolio in protecting your investments. This is Dan Perkins. Thanks for listening. And welcome back to Moms Across America. I just want to give you all a quick reminder of getting your free constitution. I mean, we're talking about the constitution here uh, in Oregon. And uh, you also need to know what our constitution is for uh, the country. So uh, we have a little change on how you can get to uh, your free constitution. You can go to ashbrook.org forward slash constitution and get your free copy of the United States Constitution. This is very important that you know, just like uh, Maggie's sharing with us about uh, the Constitution there in Oregon. 
I do have a quick question. Uh, I want to back up just a little bit about all, you know, with all that we've been talking about. I know here in our state, there are, depending on what office you are running for, it determines how much money you can get from an individual um, per campaign. Say like if someone was running for a county commissioner, here it used to be unlimited, but now I think it's a $2,500 cap is like the max that someone can give to a campaign. I think if you're running for state senate or state rep, it's like $400 is the max that you can give. The numbers are all over the all over the map. It's absolutely ridiculous. So when you're talking about these different people who are receiving donations, is there a limit to how much each candidate can receive from an individual? I know here corporations cannot give or we can't accept donations from corporations. It has to be from individuals. So is there a limit uh, to, as to how much uh, an individual can contribute to to a campaign there in Oregon. Uh, also here, even in our state, in our in our county parties, we are limited to a maximum of what people can give donations here. So it seems like there would be some type of limitation or a maximum of what people can give. Is that not the case there in Oregon? I'm asking Desmond that right now. Well, here in Washington State, I know when I ran for the county PUD commissioner here, uh, you know, I went on many reporting. That just means I don't have to report every little thing, or, you know, all the contributions. But uh, my opponent went to full reporting, which means he has to do the same thing, um, report all his contributions and all that um, player by player. So, um here, I think it was a limit of $500 um, if you for do the media reporting and then uh, no more than five, capped off at 5,000 for the media okay. reporting if you Here, are gonna- Here's an answer for Desmond. I asked, is there a cap or how much a limit on an individual can contribute or a maximum? He said, there's no limit. That's crazy. Then he goes on, so- because um, I want to know how much or is there a maximum? And he said there's no limit. And then he's uh, he's writing something else right now. So um, so I well, guess that right well, that right there, you're asking for trouble. When you don't have a limited amount of what people can give. I mean, if, if it were me and I was running the government, <laughs> there would be limits on how much a person can give because you can get into so much corruption. I've seen it. I, I I deal with it almost every day, the amount of corruption when it comes to, to monies. I mean, here, you have to, the, if you give anything $20 and above, that has to be reported in, in, in our tracer report. That's what we have here. That has to be reported if you're a candidate. $20 and up, every it has to be reported. And let's, let's not forget and mention the fact this all has to go through the secretary of state so that's what i'm saying seems very negligible i mean i don't want to cast stones but um what a great way to cover up for your governor if it has to go through this checkpoint and then it's never detected and of course if the american people don't know about it that's you know they can get away with all this stuff so why don't you continue 
Donis, with what you were getting to. So Tina Kotek, all of these people got funds and have deemed pretty much according to the constitution, the state constitution of Oregon deemed themselves ineligible. If right. this is correct, what you're saying. Right. That's what that's what he's led me to believe is because they were receiving money from outside the state of Oregon. And this is uh, as well as in state of Oregon from many major corporations. Now, this would cause a major upheaval because you have lumber companies, industries here in Oregon. Uh, you've got, you know, teachers unions. You've got many others that contributed money knowingly probably that they were violating the Oregon Constitution. You know, if you go into a courtroom and you say, well, I didn't know I was breaking the law, they'll tell you, I'm sorry, your, your lack of knowledge is not going to help you here. So <clears throat> the thing is, it behooves us to know what the laws are. It behooves us to educate ourselves. And this is, again, it'll take us right back to moms against uh, moms across America, how their children are not being educated as far as our own constitution. They're not being educated into history and civil law. I mean, you should have this as a basic requirement. The, the watered down version of the government class they require you to take and pass before you can graduate as a senior in high school is just that, it's watered down. It's the dumbing down of America. If we don't know what's going on, then how can we ask questions? How can we research ourselves? You can't make a well-informed decision without all the information on your plate that is that you can possibly have. You need to make a well-informed decision and you should be allowed to have all the information necessary that's out there uh, in order to make that decision. So what Kate Brown did um, was a violation um, of the governorship. Uh, Desmond just wrote um, regarding the limit of money and the corruption. I said, when there's no limit, we're asking for trouble. I'm quoting you, Vicki. Um, and that causes more corruption. He said, that hasn't helped Phil Knight even in Beaverton. So he doesn't know about that yet. He says, I think we are more or so, we're now dealing with a runaway government. And that's basically what it is. So what it is, is both uh, Tina Kotek, um, who supposedly won the election, even though we know it was done with Dominion machines, it was done with ballot harvesting, it was done with people voting that are dead. Uh, we know for a fact that over 20,000 people were brought into Oregon. Uh, they established temporary residency just long enough to register to vote. They were given money for, for housing and for food. They registered to vote, they voted for Tina Kotek. And then as soon as they got done voting, they were, they were able to go back home to their home states. And this is not just happening in Oregon, it's happening all across the United States where the Democrat liberals are doing this. They're bringing in people outside the state. They're establishing with whatever that state's residency laws are in order to register to vote. They're getting them to vote. And then before the actual election day, they're going back home to their home states. Okay, so we yeah. know this was going on. We know this was going on. So Tina Kotick supposedly has uh, the, uh, what is it here? Let me see. We, we were just looking at it a few minutes ago. Um, 46.96% of the vote, which is about 916,000 plus Johnson got 8.63%, which is 168,000 plus Drazen 43.54%, 850,000 plus and then Leon Noble got 0.35, which is uh, 6,800 votes. Uh, the right end got 2,000. 
Oh, he is the write-in, and uh, he's a libertarian. And uh, Donna's got 0.31%, which is 8,000 votes. So realistically, if all three of these women are illegally, unconstitutionally um, performing, then Donna's would be the next in line for uh, governorship of Oregon. Yeah, even with my just under 9,000 votes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And you know, I wanted to just say that, uh, all, again, all the contributions go through the Secretary of State. It looks like $7 million Kate was able to take in from out of state. Now, why is that important? Because this isn't about the will of the people. This is going against the will of the people, cheating and using all of the available resources that they have to get into office. And that's a big deal because we know Oregon is going downhill fast. And if they are allowed to do this again, I just don't know what the fate of Oregon is going to be or, you know, America itself. Exactly. And you know what, like, like you were saying, this is, this is literally happening all over the country. I mean, like I said, I deal with this every day. I see what people will do for power, for position, for some kind of status in their mind. Sometimes I feel like it's dealing with, you know, high school students who are vying for it to be class president or something. It's, it's it, in a lot of ways, it's very disgusting. However, it's just like you were saying, we have, as long as we have dominion machines, as long as we have individuals who will not submit themselves to the law, I'm not talking just the Constitution, but I'm also talking about the state constitutions. People who are in positions of authority who will not even follow their own bylaws, that will not even follow the basics of decency and being, you know, being people who uh, are following the rule of law. This goes all over the country. This is national. This is this is and, and it's in every state. And it's it's gotten to where people will do almost anything, almost anything for money, for power, for position. And that is a very, that's a heart issue. That's a heart issue. That's why I think it is vital that people are, are whatever party a person may be in, there has to be some type of process to know who is this person? Why are they running for this position? What is the motivation? Is it to serve as our founding fathers have, have, have said? I mean, our founding fathers, we, we touched on this last, last week, our founding fathers knew they would pay a price for this nation. They knew they would pay pay a price for 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 a republic. There's not much to sacrifice when you're doing a democracy, but when you're doing a republic, you can lose everything. And we have gotten to the point in this country and I'm going to say it again that people do not care about it being a cost and really truly being a servant to the people. Anybody that tells me, oh, well, somebody asked me to run or somebody did this or somebody did that, and you have nothing in regards to a heart to serve, we don't need you. That's how I see it. 
Well, when I when I um, admitted uh, to the to the people that were coming to me asking me to consider being one of their five or six candidates that they were interviewing for this position, um, I made it very clear to them that I had served for 35 years in the military. I was willing to serve again, but right. I was going to add one little more thing to sweeten the pie. I said, you know, I am retired. It was mandatory removal date at age 60, and we get a, a pension, which is called a retainer. The military calls it a retainer, which means they can pull you out of retirement whenever they need you. Yeah. And and people don't understand that when they get their military pension, that it's like a retainer, okay? Uh, generally, they're not going to pull you out of retirement when you're age 70, 75, 80 years old, right? But, you know, I'm now 67 years old. Over the last three years, the Department of Army has come to me by email and phone call and have asked me to come out of retirement. They wanted to put me on active duty two to three years, and I found out that most likely they wanted me to give the jabs, right? And I'm not going to give the jabs. I saw it killed my father-in-law and my mother eight days apart last year. It oh. killed three of my cousins. Uh, my mom and uh, father-in-law took the Moderna. My cousins took the Pfizer. I have a friend whose 16-year-old son took the Pfizer. He was dead five days later. So I'm not about to come out of retirement into the medical field. I'm a nurse, a licensed nurse, to do that, okay? But I told the people in the Constitution Party of Oregon that I would not take a paycheck as governor. Now we're talking about somewhere around 100,000 to 158,000 a year. Because my feeling is I'm already getting my, my military pension and I'm getting a, another bit of money coming in from an investment that was made years ago. And my husband's got his military retire, retirement pension. We're okay. So I wanted to give the money back to Oregonians. I wanted this money every three months to sit down at a round table and decide which nonprofit organizations got hurt the worst by the pandemic and then give that money to those nonprofit organizations. Also because my husband and I both have medical for the rest of our life from the military and we have the VA, we were also not gonna have any medical benefits being paid for our family while in the governor's office by the Oregonians. So there was, the, you know, people say these are just pennies, but that money adds up. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. And, so and, you, and first I wanna thank you so much for being on here again, because we're out of time and we gotta wrap up. I'm going to tell you right now, that is impressive to me because I can guarantee you most will not do that. The only person I've ever, I've only known two other people who have ever done that. And one is, is President Donald Trump. The other one is a local guy here that gave all his pay to nonprofits when he was a county commissioner. So you're the third person I've heard to even hint at that. So I appreciate that. And that's the kind of people we need in office because that's what our founding fathers did. They sacrificed those two years to go and serve, and then they went back home to their businesses, their farms, whatever. So that's the kind of people we need in office. Thank you again for being with, with us. We're, we're going to have to keep track of what's happening. So keep us informed of what, what is happening with this case. I know you said possibly Friday you would know about that. I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this stuff with us because a lot of this is kept under wraps by the media, but not here at Moms Across America. At Moms Across America, we want to expose whatever we can that's the corruption happening in our country. Moms Across America, again, thank you so much for being with us. And remember, Moms Across America, you are America. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.